Hello and welcome to Money Life News and Views. I'm Devashish Pas. The gloom and doom scenario that prevailed in 2022, which means inflation, higher interest rates, and economic slowdown all around the world, abated somewhat in the first quarter of this year, that is January to March. In the US, inflation was down from a high of 9% in June last year to just about 5% now. In the Eurozone, inflation is down from 10.6% to about 6% now, with Spain recording inflation as low as just about 3%. With the benefit of hindsight, against each wave of crisis that came in 2022, the Indian market has held up well. Now, if anyone had asked you to guess the return of Nifty in 2022, even with the benefit of hindsight, you would have probably said, the market is down about 10% or so. Yeah, it seemed very gloomy. But the fact is that the market is actually up 4% in 2022, 4.33% actually. Now, last year did seem very terrible for stocks. But as inflation declines, India has paused its interest rate hikes. And there is a lot of optimism in the air that not only the hikes have been paused for good, but actually we may see interest rates actually being cut. Now, will that lead to a very strong secular long-term growth that a lot of people seem to assume? Yeah, certainly growth is going to come back a little bit. But to believe in very strong term long-term secular growth, that's just that's about 8% or so is what should be the, the sort of assumption of a strong growth. We need to believe and understand our growth model, if there is any. Now, I'm not at all clear what the growth model is because the government does not explain anything. This is a government that only talks about its achievement achievements through nonstop propaganda, some of it true, a lot of it false. We can deduce the growth model actually as tax and spend. You can read what the government does, and this is what it seems to me. It's a lot of taxation and a lot of spending by the government. After bumbling for years after it came to power in 2014, the Modi government seemed to believe that massive state-led expenditure or state-supervised expenditure will lead us to prosperity supported by seat of the pants that is uh, on-the-go decision-making. Hence, we have a very sharp focus on defense expenditure, railways, and infrastructure. These are all big bank spending opportunities directly overseen by the central government. The budget of 23-24 announced a stunning 10 lakh crore capital outlay. Of this, the railways gets about 2.4 lakh crore, which is a jump, which is a huge jump of 75% over the last year. Defense production and export promotion policy of 2020 has set an ambitious revenue target of 1,75,000 crore by 24-25, implying a 15% compound annual growth rate between 2019 and 2025. Procurement from the domestic industry of this would be about 140,000 crore by 24-25. Now, it is not clear whether this growth model, which is fueled by government expenditure, has been fully thought through, but it is, it seems to me at least, this is the default growth model, an unplanned outcome of continuing to keep the private sector shackled.
you would be surprised to know that between 2014 to 2022, that's about eight, over eight years, the entire growth of Indian economy has come from government borrowing and spending. Indian households and Indian businesses have contributed negligible amount to the growth. If this seems surprising, it is because we tend to forget even recent facts. Remember the rising tide of criticism a few years ago, how the government, far from reducing red tape, was turning the screws on the private sector. Now, TV Mohandas Pai, who has, been, who has always been an aggressive champion of this government, came out all guns blazing a few years ago. He said tax terrorism has gone rampant. The compliance burden has gone up massively. There is a fierce psychosis. The officials seem to think that every businessman is a crook and we must go after them. I have never seen the mood and morale so low in Mumbai. Businessmen have given up hope. These were his words. The late Rahul Bajaj said there's no demand and no private investment. Where will the growth come from? It doesn't fall from heavens. A.M. Nayak of Larson and Tubro had said that we should feel lucky if the GDP growth comes to 6.5%. This was around 2018-19. Adding that he did not believe in government data because his actual words were situation is challenging on data credibility. And so one has to use one's own judgment to get the sense of actual growth. By late 2019, every economic indicator was flashing red, rising unemployment, poor export growth, punitive taxes, tax terrorism, imploding public sector, and a collapse of GDP, that is the gross domestic product rate to just about 5%, which actually means 3.5% under all calculations. Auto sales were down to 20-year low, no manufacturing growth, a crisis in the financial services and banking. It was easy for Dr. Manmohan Singh former prime minister, who was a butt of jokes of Narendra Modi when Mr. Modi was the chief minister of Gujarat and Mr. and Dr. Singh was the prime minister. Um, Dr. Singh now had a chance to say that nominal GDP growth was at a 15-year low, household consumption was at a four-decade low, unemployment was at a 45-year low, uh, sorry, high, bad loans of banks was at an all-time high, and growth in electricity generation at a 15-year low, and so on. Now, this is all in the recent past, just before COVID. The Modi government could have changed the, this economic climate if the state were to act as a referee to maintain peace, deliver quick justice, and minimize frictional costs of doing business in India, while encouraging private institutions to act on their enterprise and vision in every area. It had to focus on lowering infrastructure costs, power, toll, fuel, and taxes. Instead of these structural changes, in a desperate move in September 2019, the government slashed the corporate the taxes for the corporate sector to kickstart growth. The jury is out whether the, that knee-jerk move achieved much or not. Perhaps not, since the government has now been forced to step forward and take up the burden of creating growth through its tax and spend model. Now, there are obvious limitations of this model in a structurally weak economy. And when I mean by structurally weak economy, I mean bloated state, which is propped up by high interest costs and high government salaries, weak rupee, a private sector that is kept uncompetitive, 
by red tape and high cost of infrastructure these are the structural inefficiencies of the of the of the economy now we also have feeble institutions both legal and administrative making it hard to increase state efficiency no matter what the intent may be now the heavy hand of the state has rolled its dice for growth hope that we get lucky with what that dice comes up with hope you liked listening to what i said if you did please subscribe and do share thanks for watching